0: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Andrew Decker. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense.
1: Who's the other Andrew?
0: The other Andrew would be you, Mr. Harris. Hey. Hey, how's it going, man? Pretty
1: good. Pretty good. How are you?
0: Well, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's it's July. It's not 107. It's amazing. Um, it's a little humid.
1: Yeah. We've had some rain. I know, like, all throughout the state. My parents live down by the coast, and they are, they're dealing with rain every day.
0: Every day.
1: Every day. Every day. Which, yeah. you know, I... I like the rain. I want to stay around. Okay. Good
0: for you. Okay. Um, I like the rain too, Weird most of the time. Start
1: to the podcast. <laughs> um, today's well, just going to be you and me talking. Yeah.
0: It's just you and me. Um, we've had a tough time finding a, someone to get together for, for this podcast for timing wise. Um, it, it happens. Things are picking it back up. People are busy and they're yeah. like, hey, I don't want to spend 45 minutes talking to you creeps.
1: Well, creep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One of us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. So today, today we're pulling out some old law. Yeah. Right. We're going back to 1968. Even I wasn't born back then.
1: What a, what a weird time in, uh, in America, just the sixties in general.
0: Yeah. From Mm -hmm. what I
1: hear. Yeah. From what I hear. Um, we have some really, uh, uh, enduring case law from that time period. Right. We'll be talking about one really famous case, which a lot of our defenders, Will know that is Terry v. Ohio.
0: That was a Supreme Court case. Those, yeah. The Supremes got in on this.
1: And and for you know all intents and purposes, it's still good law. Um, yes,
0: it is still very good law. I mean, I think uh, I I have had at least a couple of cases, and you probably have had one or two cases over the years, where this case came up, um, what we know as a Terry Frisk, um, and, and I've had a case thrown out. Right. The court it, looked at it and went, yeah, yeah, they they violated the standard.
1: Yeah. I mean, that it's still it's still something we, we talk about quite frequently. Right. Um, so, yeah. Another you know, state cases have kind of adopted it or whatever, but it's a Supreme Court case. So it's good law.
0: It is good law. Well, it may not be good law, but it is the law.
1: It's the law.
0: Right. There we go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, the 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 facts of this, I think, are pretty interesting. It's kind of like something that you would see on like one of those old detective shows, you know, like Dragnet or something. Right. And let, and here's the deal. I
0: had a case just the other day that pled and it was based on good police work. They didn't go too far. They didn't do more than they needed to. They did just enough to gather the facts. And within a day, they knew exactly what had happened.
1: You know, most, a lot of my cases are just based off of police work. You actually had one on good police work. That's it's uh, incredible.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, Anyway, in this case, we're in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, and a detective who who it's is... a
1: shining city by the sea, isn't it? Sure. So there's a Cleveland detective. I,
0: um, who, who's working his beat. He's literally doing patrol, and in 1968, he does patrol uh, mostly on foot, uh, walking through the downtown area, and he notices uh, a couple of people who he doesn't recognize, right?
1: Some shady characters.
0: Well, I don't even know that it says that initially, does it?
1: well no it, it says
0: but, he observes strangers
1: yeah and well sh- strangers i mean they're they're certainly like it's enough it's weird enough to grab his attention
0: yeah and that i think that's the deal he's familiar enough with this neighborhood with this downtown area that he knows hey, i don't recognize these guys and they're doing something that seems out of the unusual right yeah what are they do what are these two guys doing
1: well, they are um they're they're walking back and forth in front of a in front of a store, but not not together. Like one would walk in front of this window and stare into it and walk back, the other would walk in front of the window and stare and then they would confer with each other. A third guy joined them and left. I mean, right. it's it's kind of fishy.
0: It or it could just be two guys just killing time, kind of weird, but not
1: He says the detective, though, says this happened 24 times.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it becomes a lot. It's a lot. Right, right. Not once, that- not twice. You walk back and forth in front of a building 24 times. Now, it means I'm talking on my cell phone. Right. Right, but they didn't have cell phones in 1968, from what I understand.
1: Uh, no.
0: No. Okay, just checking. So that's not the <laughs> excuse here. <laughs> but I, on the cell phone, I, I pay, so I could almost visualize that. Uh, But he suspects the two men are casing a job that they might be trying to pull a stick up. And so the officer follows him and sees the third man rejoin them a couple of blocks away. Yeah. And they've come back in front of the store again.
1: So they, yeah, so they have, they have, they've left their store. They've walked away. They've met up with their third guy. And um, in front of a different store. Yeah, and, and may
0: and may come back,
1: right? I mean, it's it, but
0: there's this yeah. there's this building suspicion, and the cop is doing a good job, um, officer Mc, Detective McFadden or Officer McFadden um, uh, of watching and waiting patiently to see what's going on.
1: So then, so then, what he do? So he 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 sees this all this going down, right? And he finally
0: just walks up and goes, um, "Gentlemen, uh, I'm an officer, and I just." Can I ask your names? Right? What do we call that, Mr. Harris?
1: A consensual encounter.
0: Right, right. You must have consent. I, no. That's not really what that means? Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, remember that an officer can walk up and basically do, in most cases, anything that anyone else can do. So if, if I'm walking down the street and someone comes up to me, they could say, hey, as they pass by, and I kind of nod my head. Um, uh, but if somebody's like, hey, I'll, you know, Mr. Harris got on a nice jacket today. I'd like to you know, hey, uh, what's your name? Where'd you get that jacket? Anyone could stop and ask him that.
1: Happens all the time. All the time I to you, I'm sure. I just wear, like, nice jackets. Well,
0: you do. Yeah. Um, but that could happen to anyone at any time. Someone could walk up and go, hey, you know, uh, where'd you get those shoes? Oh, my name's Andrew, and I get my shoes at blah, blah, blah. Right?
1: Yeah. Except an officer... When he does that, he's not asking, he's, he's not asking that, about my shoes. She, right. Yeah. They're, they're also asking for your license. So you can, you can, identify yourself. They're calling it in, make sure you don't have any warrants, etc. I mean, it, you know. It,
0: yeah. It, And if an officer asks you your name and you don't give it and you walk away, you um, may find that it's no longer consensual. Yeah, um, and exactly. we're going to get into that probably a little bit. Um, but, but here's the, here's the issue. They kind of mumble something, uh, and when they don't give him a good answer, they don't actually say, my name is Andrew Decker, my name is Andrew Harris. They, the officer spins him around and pats down the outside of his clothing right, and finds in his overcoat a pistol, like he can feel it. Yeah. And so the officer then takes the three of them into the store to get them off the street, removes the petitioner's overcoat, and takes out the revolver and then arrests the three men, right?
1: Yep. Sounds like a pretty, pretty quick operation here.
0: Right. So the question, the issue became, uh, are the weapons admissible in evidence, even though they are obtained under a warrantless stop and frisk search? And the answer is, in short, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it's mostly because the the officer was able to uh, point out how that the that the Three men were acting suspiciously, suspiciously that their interrogation was warranted, at least asking who they were and why they were in town, and that the officer, for his own protection, had a right to pat down the men to see if they had the, their outer clothing because to, to see if there was reasonable to belie- reason to believe that they might be armed.
1: Yeah, and this, uh, this trial court here back in 1968 in Cleveland Sounds a lot like uh, some of the trial courts we we appear in. Right. Because they the prosecution initially were pushing this theory like, no, it's it's a search incident to a lawful arrest. And the trial court's like, well, I disagree, Mr. Prosecutor, but I'm still going to let the evidence in because of this other thing that nobody else has mentioned here. Um, and that, that kind of, you know, maybe I have some like uh, some flashbacks to, <laughs> to some trial motions that uh, that I've raised. Um, it, it sounds eerily familiar.
0: Right, right. But, but, the, but the, again, the issue is, did the officer have a probable cause to pat down the men uh, there on the street and perform what we now commonly call a terry frisk, a search for weapons on their person? And the answer is yes, that he, he had reason to believe that they were uh, trying to case a job that they then could, if they are, they could be armed and dangerous. And when they don't cooperate in answering a few questions, that gives him enough articulable facts to pat them down, at least search them for weapons. Yeah. So isn't that correct, Mr. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, right. The, the, the court, the court affirms the, the conviction upholds this stop and frisk um, based, based on the officer's, uh, observations of these individuals, um, the the right to protection of the officer, etc. Um, and so well, that's, and,
0: and, and ultimately, the officer would say to the people inside the store because if these guys come sure. in with a gun, right, right,
1: yeah, um, and, and that's well settled law. I mean, I I I we like we said at the beginning, we have many many cases that begin with a Terry frisk. So I guess. The issue now uh, that you and I have been talking about. Right. um, Yeah. We've
0: just been talking again. We we actually talk about this stuff at other times besides the show.
1: Well, we we work a lot of cases together. Right. Right. So the law is constantly evolving. And and now in Texas, you know, we have um, we've we've got a bunch of Second Amendment um, proponents uh, in the legislature who are changing. Uh, you know the citizens' rights to to bear arms.
0: Right, right. So, so pre 1995, it was basically illegal to carry a handgun uh, in public for most people. Right, right. You, there was no kind of valid reason to do that. Um, now, obviously, you could have one in your home. You could move it. You could transport it. Uh, but basically, you couldn't keep it on your person in 1995. Uh, our then governor, George Bush, and the Texas legislature finally after, and, and I think there were like five or six tries to get a license to carry a concealed weapon passed. Um, and that finally passed and there was, you could carry a weapon, but it had to be concealed. Right. So it had to be in your jacket or, or in your pants or in your purse. It couldn't be out. And there were a few people that, that were actually charged because they would open their jacket to show that they had a gun. And that was considered an assault because you had basically said, hey, I've got a gun. Right. Kind of the subtle point. Yeah. Look. Um, uh, and over time, that that then became a little st- stronger or weaker, depending on how you want to put it. Uh, recently, it became licensed licensed carry. I think that was four years ago, if I remember correctly, where anyone who had a license, you had to get a license to carry a weapon, but you could then carry that in a holster concealed
1: or open. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. So So as long as
1: you were licensed,
0: you had to have a license to carry and you had, which means you had to take classes and so forth. But I could then um, or that person could could in a holster carry a weapon in most places in public openly there are always there's still some exceptions and there will be even uh when the law changes again on september 1 so a month from when this episode drops
1: so kind of rapidly evolving since 1995
0: yeah when you consider that that the that the gun laws in texas really had not changed since reconstruction uh on what you could carry outside and openly to 1995 from 19 you know that that's That's 130-ish years. Right. And then from 1995 to 2020 is 25 years. And we go from no to now, as of September 1, uh, any lawful, basically any lawful person over 21 can openly carry a weapon at any time, a firearm at any time. Yeah. Right. There are some exceptions, places, times, persons, but the general rule is what they're calling constitutional carry. And they're, they're referring to the Texas and U S constitution that we have a right to bear arms.
1: Well now, uh, well, do you think that um, there will be more people, more or less people carrying firearms now, uh, now than there were back in 1968?
0: Well, I think, well, first of all, there are more people than there were in 1968.
1: Yeah, so, just But those carrying web, I mean percentage-wise. Percentage-wise, right. Yeah, I exactly. was I was just giving you a hard
0: time. So, one of the things that surprised people in in 1995 was the first in the first month or so 200,000 Texans applied for a license. Which at a point when we had 20 million people is a lot, but it's not a lot. It was basically 1% of the population. Um, in that time, that number's grown, uh, where, where we record this podcast in Parker County is one of the highest, uh, counties in the, in the state with a license persons who have a license to carry. And it's around 15 to 18%. Last time I checked, it's been a while since I've looked, um, of the adults have a license to carry a weapon. Okay. Well, that means out of adults, you've got like a one in six chance that they have a license. Does that mean they're carrying part of what we've also found is it's not, we suddenly don't have every person's carrying a weapon, right? In fact, I can tell you, uh, back in the eighties in small town, West Texas, it was much more likely to see a deer rifle or a shotgun in the back of a, of a uh, pickup truck, uh, even at the local high school than, than it is now, because now you can't carry one on school property and people get arrested and, um, so, so while while the laws have changed to be to be more open, uh, the reality is it has not moved to as open as we thought, and in some of the other places like with rifles and so forth, it's become less accepted. So the the the, the continuous evolution of how we perceive what is safe, what is right, what is lawful um, continues. I've just talked in a big circle. I'm sorry about
1: that. yeah. I mean, but, but still, <laughs> right. I mean, like, I mean, I, back in 1968, I think it was pretty rare for people to, uh, to, to carry guns. I mean, the, the laws didn't allow it, but to want to carry firearms on their person. I think that was like a big, um, a big red flag for police officers. Yeah. The
0: idea was that a, is that a law abiding citizen would not be carrying a weapon in the middle of the day. That's part right. of what was used in the Terry frisk. Right idea is that either you're a cop or you're a criminal, a criminal. No one else is carrying a gun right in the middle of the day.
1: Well, and, and especially here in the facts that we have, these three individuals, the officer is outnumbered. One of them has a weapon that we know of maybe more. Um, and the, and so the, the officer in this case was justified how, do you think or do you have an opinion on the evolving laws surrounding possession of firearms, h- how that's going to affect Terry frisks, Terry stop and frisk cases? Right.
0: So so now if if I'm a, a detective in a in a busy downtown area, so at least the petitioner and Chelton, two 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 of the men had a weapon um, uh, in, in Terry v. Ohio. Uh, but I'm an officer now. 2021 let's move it a few months in it's now october anyone can carry a weapon at any given time and i see a guy pacing back and forth in front of a store what else what other facts are there right that's probably not enough is he as i said earlier talking on his cell phone he's obviously having a conversation with someone and he's pacing because he's having a conversation probably nothing there gonna be real hard if he keeps stopping and looking in the window. Yeah. Is the business open or not? And, is, then, and then does he text someone? Right. Yeah. You know, that could be a. Yep. They're in there. Right. You know, what was he texting? I think that an officer at least would have an ability to come up and go, um, sir, can I can I help you with anything? What, yeah. What's your name? What are you doing here today? Right.
1: Certainly has the right to, you know, to come up and talk with you as a consensual encounter. Nothing right. is changing there.
0: Right. So that's completely legal and then if they go my name is such and such can i see your id i'd rather you not right does the officer then have a right to pat pat that person down um, well under what purpose
1: yeah i mean handing over handing over an id i mean i think the officer calls it in and if they can't if they can't identify him or if they you know uh, right yeah, dispatch basically can't find him then just i to think rem- he, he, yeah yeah i think yeah, a reminder that forward
0: that, uh, uh, at this point, if an officer asks for you, for you to identify yourself, the law basically says an officer can ask anyone. And if you're asked, you pretty much have to provide an ID or your name and date of birth yeah. and they have to be able to run it through the system. And basically it's so that they can see if you have a warrant. Um, again, 1968, probably in o- Cleveland, Ohio, the only warrants they would have seen would have been Cleveland, Ohio,
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Right.
0: right. Now uh, you can be in, you know, little town Texas and they can run the state in a matter of a minute and maybe run the nation in a matter of two or three minutes for a warrant. So I'm the information highway runs in multiple directions,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, they can, they can certainly find these, you know, these warrants nationwide and if it's a serious enough warrant they they will have dispatch call to confirm it and arrest you and that'll be that um but we were when we were talking about this um i think we differed a little bit on our opinion on is it going to make terry friss more like happen more frequently or not
0: or less frequently or less frequently
1: and i i think it's going to open I think this officer is now any officer coming in contact with anybody is just going to assume that they are possessing a firearm, especially
0: th- if they are not very quickly cooperative.
1: Right. And, and, and it depends on like the, the totality of the circumstances and the facts that, you know, are in this certain situation, but like, just somebody walking down the street needing directions they are not going to get frisked. They're not going to get stopped, you know, Terry frisk. but repeat the facts from, From the Terry case, right? Where I don't, I
0: don't give them good information. I mumble my name. Absolutely. You're getting, you're getting frisk.
1: I think it's going to open the floodgates for these frisk cases. I, I think an officer is immediately going to think that somebody is possessing a firearm and I get to, I get to frisk them and see what they have on their person.
0: At least for off, And they're going to claim for officer safety. That I get to pat them down to see if they have a weapon. Well, why? Absolutely. Because if I don't know who I'm dealing with, I have to assume every person in the state might be carrying a gun. Absolutely, Yes, absolutely. Right. I- because even the law abiding citizen now
1: will be carrying a gun. Absolutely. Yes.
0: Without a license, no training. Yep.
1: And, and have we, you know, our officers like to know, <laughs> you know, they like as much information as possible. Right. So, they're going to search you. And if this allows them, I think this, Terry, as it's worded, is going to allow them to search everybody.
0: As long as they have at least some fact. Articulable as, facts. Yes. Right. As to why the stop needed to occur. And then, um, uh, you know, I, I think once once you're at an, in an encounter, you I would hate to say this, but I think that then officer safety kind of gets to trump the day. Right. I think they get to say, I need I need to know that I'm safe. I need to know that I'm not going to if I turn my back, have a gun pulled on me.
1: So so I think then this is like becomes a a bigger conversation, which we're probably not going to get into. Um, But like, you know, it's do we do we want police officers to have that much uh, that much intrusive interaction into our daily lives? Uh, and in contrast, that with with this notion this public policy of uh, uh, officer safety, concern for officer safety, right? I mean, those two are kind of conflicting here, right? This trying to um, keep, you know, uh, not encourage a police state, right? But wanting to keep our police officers safe.
0: Well, and and in this case, right? Uh, these people are casing a are casing a store in downtown. Yeah. Right, so if I go in with a gun into a store that I've been casing, there's a risk that someone gets shot. There's a real risk of that, right? Because somebody just scares the guy with a gun. Okay, that that seems different than an officer kind of going, um, "Hey, boys, what you doing? Why are you uh, Why are you walking in the middle of the day?" uh in, in texas <laughs> texas summer heat right um in a neighborhood
1: oh that would be fishy right i mean that's just why aren't you in your car with the ac on full blast
0: right well because i'm 20 years old and broke and i don't have any gas
1: well i i don't know the answer to uh i think it's going to gonna be
0: something that over the next couple of years defenders like you and i and the ones that here listen to our podcast are going to end up having to deal with is where does that lie between our fourth amendment right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure and the fact that in texas now basically anyone over 21 could be carrying a gun and the need for officer and community safety yeah you know the 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 scenario that we actually talked about was i'm and i'm gonna use brownwood texas because i'm familiar with brownwood it's a
1: such a great town
0: it's a great town Eighteen thousand people central texas um it's got a nice walmart sure does. Uh, i've been to that walmart several times uh and i'm carrying a long rifle outside of
1: walmart okay legal perfectly legal. legal sure perfectly legal i mean so long as this scenario is after september 1 sure. right right
0: well, yes, it's after September 1, because that's when I would be, next time I'm going to be in Brown would probably be after <laughs> September 1. Right. That's not true. I'm going to go once between now and then. Um, uh, but I'm carrying a long rifle. Is that enough? Is I'm just kind of walking around the parking lot? Is that enough?
1: I I mean, just I th- that I alone? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't think
0: so. I mean, I, I think I'm a, if I'm an officer, I'm going to go... Hey, sir, what are you
1: doing? And I guess it would depend to, if you are just carrying around a rifle, like how many phone calls do you think a police agency would get from that? Hey, there's somebody just walking around carrying a long rifle. Not sure, not really sure what's going on here, but I'm kind of concerned. I mean, I that kind of phone call, definitely a police officer's going to approach.
0: Right. Now, if I'm walking heftily, or, or unusually like motion. Yeah. With yeah. emotion or unusually quietly. Right. Like I'm kind of trying to walk stealthfully Lur- through lurking? the parking. Right. Yeah. I think if I've either one of those pieces in a rifle all day long, they have a right to, to, Oh, to, I think they're
1: going to draw down on you if you're doing right, any of that.
0: Right. Um, because it puts up some red flags. There's something going on here. Right. Um, but, but if the guy goes, hi, I'm Andrew Decker. Here's my license. Um, yes this is my rifle yes it's loaded yeah what are you doing well i driving from you know through west through west texas central texas and i'm taking a break and i like carrying around my gun it's good exercise i'm practicing front in season
1: and then what happens
0: well uh, that's a great question what right. happens at that point
1: yeah i mean it you know does the officer say look you'd You'd make a lot of people nervous. It'd be great if you can just put your rifle away. That'd be nice. uh, Yeah, but. it's My constitutional right.
0: Constitutional right. And the Texas legislature said, I I can do this.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think the officer, I mean, there's no arrestable offense. There's Right, there's no offense.
0: I think an officer that's being called to that scene is going to watch you until you leave. Yeah. Right? Yes. You know.
1: (laughs) Without a doubt. (laughs) Uh, And maybe a few of them. Yeah and now
0: and, and then the question becomes does Walmart then go well we we we'd like him to be criminally trespassed.
1: Okay, I mean that right, give him a
0: warning. Yeah. And at that point you got to leave, right? I, there there are ways to deal with that. But you know, it, it just becomes more. Everything becomes more. Right? The
1: and we're not I guess the the episode is not really like our opinion on whether constitutional carry is wise or effective or whatever i mean that that's not really i mean like because because i was just started to like weigh that like yeah is this even worth like me, me having my second amendment right to bear arms like yeah that's not really what we're getting at right because because that's independent of a police officer coming into your life right um, and I, that's my concern because
0: honestly, if I'm walking into Walmart, like I am, I'm a pretty big guy. I am pissed. Like I am coming in to tackle somebody,
1: someone might call, or if I'm lurking around the cars, you're definitely getting called. If you're looking around the cars, I mean, we get those calls all the time,
0: right? You know, kind of the, somebody's trying to break in, or really yeah, a creeper absolutely. or whatever. Right. And again, Walmart's probably going to criminally trespass me at that point and say, Hey, we don't want you coming back here right? Right. Doesn't have to be a gun involved. You put a gun in the hands of that person. And it's just, it's just more,
1: you're not adding anything illegal into that scenario, but there is, it is something that raises suspicions. And I, and I think, I think an officer is going to come in. He's going to, he's probably going to disarm you at that point while he runs your name and license. Right. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's going to complicate things. This case Terry used to be like, well, and is until September one is like kind of a clear, a clear cut thing. Like, okay, he can articulate that. Sure. They can stop and frisk you. And they found, you know, what they thought then was methamphetamine or a meth pipe or something in your pocket. And boom, you know, like that's your, the wheels are turning at that point in time. Um, This now I think is going to muddy the water. It's going to take some really clever defenders to figure out, um, how to interpret Terry in light of the new changes in the law effective September one. Well, and I hope
0: that we also have um, good and reasonable judges hearing the cases, right? That that they do whatever rule they make that it makes sense, that it's usable, um, that they don't on a bad case write bad law, as we often talk about, right? Which is yeah. Sadly, easy to do, and that's not all. Judges, it's that if you try to write to the exception, you're going to end up with a mess. Um,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to imagine the current Supreme Court justices um, writing law on this, and they've done some things. They've they've come down with some decisions recently that have surprised me. Uh, I, I, remember it's going
0: to go to the court of criminal appeals long before that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The court of criminal appeals. So the court of criminal appeals, um, I, I think, you know, I, I think I would trust them to, to at least make some, uh, some decent law, you know, at least they're, they're going to use their words better than I probably do on a, any given basis. True. Yeah. I mean, that's not hard you guys have heard me in these podcasts I know. I'm just like tripping over my words so I'm I really speak kind English of, yeah I'm, I'm kind of at a loss though I mean I I um, regardless of how you feel on constitutional carry I, I think it's going to have even more than just the Terry case it's going to have some pretty far-reaching implications uh, for for a lot of our laws um, right. Right. You know, and like you said, we kind of skipped over, but there's going to be restrictions on where you can carry and
0: most of those are our current, the, what they currently right, have right. been. And, and we may go over so that at a different that's time. That's not really
1: changing, but, um, but I still think there's going to be some confusion and, and look, I, you know, I thought there was going to be like a, a wave, a tidal wave of people openly carrying once that became legal. And I've seen it maybe twice and it's I, always like, the gooberous looking dude that you ever seen in your life you know like well no wonder this guy is scared for his life. look at this guy you know
0: or or he's doing it because his penis is small yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right i mean my wife and i say that about a lot of men about a lot of things you know it's kind of the well where
1: we live it's always the truck that's lifted like 12 inches and right right like come on man you know it's so ridiculous uh
0: it, but all of us compensate for something, right? Um, but yeah, sometimes it, it's the guy in cargo shorts and, uh, and and there's this big gun on his hip. And on his other hip, he's got this big phone case. You're like, come on, man. It's just like, please, no.
1: Yeah, you feel like inferior. Yeah, you're in tractor supply. You, you're inferior your life. You right. know? Well, I might be. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, I, I would be. But right, right. I wear such nice jackets. Well,
0: they are nice jackets. <laughs> But, but the point being is that, is that the officer still is going to have to have some articulable reasons to, to, to pat you down, to stop you, to um, maybe to disarm you, right? But let's go back to our guy at Walmart. If I've got a gun in my pocket and I say, um, you know, I'm just walking around, taking a stretch. Yeah, I'm walking fast because I'm you know, trying to get my heart rate up. I'm going to drive for another two hours. He may not have, and I, and I provide my ID, he may not have enough there to pat me down, right? If I don't give him good information, which the guys in Cleveland didn't, and I'm walking around, he may have enough to pat me down and find that gun in my pocket, right? If I'm carrying a gun... I can almost guarantee you if the officer is going to have to have an encounter, he's going to say, hey, I'm just going to I'm just going to put this right over here for everyone's safety. And he may even say for everyone's safety. Right. He's
1: not going to remove the one on his hip, though.
0: No, he's not. Jeez. Right. Whatever. Um, You know, and so mostly, I guess I hope that our officers are smart. I hope that our citizens are smart. I hope that our courts are smart.
1: And I hope they're smarter than a lot of our legislatures. It seems like there's a lot of these laws that get passed and they don't take into consideration some of these decades long uh, uh, cases, case law that, you know, that, that a huge swath of people have like been relying on. Right. Because, I mean, taking into consideration, like when they, when the legislature legalized hemp and CBD, just the havoc it wreaked on our court system.
0: Yeah, suddenly no one knew what was legal and what was illegal.
1: Exactly, and I, I trust our courts to have better, you know, judgment to make better policy decisions than our legislature uh, at this point.
0: Right, uh, and we're going to end up following back on this probably in six months. Sure. Uh, just yeah. as we started actually feeling Let's it, put and a pin seeing in it. it, right. Um, but anyway, most we want you to know that Terry is still a good law. How it does kind of th- there's going to be some um, some tension. Yeah, some tension.
1: Yeah, that's We're a gonna, good way to put that.
0: Right of what is enough and what is not enough in 2021, starting September one. Um, so
1: as always, defenders look to your facts. Make sure that your officers go. You know, uh, uh, is going to be able to articulate those facts. Uh, and sometimes whatever they write in their office report, not necessarily what they're going to testify to. So, or what's in the video,
0: right. And make sure that the pat down is a pat down, right? Yeah. If they find, if they pat down and they can't say that it's a weapon, but they start manipulating that pocket, they might've gone too far as to officer safety, right? That's a search.
1: Yep. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again. Um, I, I hope you got something out of this. I think it's important for us to have these type of like um, a little bit theoretical. Uh, yeah, theoretical type episode where we're just like kind of spitballing. How is this going to change? How is that? Um, it, it makes us all, I think, a little bit more creative in our legal arguments just to be thinking um, on that higher plane. Uh, But thank you for for listening. If you did get something out of this, please leave us a review. Uh, You can email us directly. Go to our website, texascrimdefense.com. You can contact Andrew and I directly there and leave us a note. Uh, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, wherever you found this podcast, leave us a review.
0: Remember to share us with someone you love.
1: You know, we haven't said that in a while, but it's really important. It really is. Uh, thank you, Mr. Decker, as always. Um, and for Mr. Decker, my name is Andrew Harris, and we really appreciate it. We will catch you on next episode. Thanks, y'all.